Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Praise the Lord. I just want to pray really quickly. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. God, we are grateful to take part in your plan for Tampa Bay, your plan for Central Florida. Lord, we thank you for even continued stewardship, wise strategy, and just revelation of your kindness and goodness. God, help us to raise a banner of your love over this area that people would know that you're not mad at them, you're madly in love with them. God, I pray that today, as we honor you and we celebrate you with the things you've told us to do, that it would just prophesy of our future. I thank you, Lord, that the foundation is just barely dried and there's so much more to build. So, God, we are grateful. We celebrate you, Lord, and what you've done. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, one way we want to celebrate today is by giving, and it's going to be special because we're not keeping a single penny. Every single dollar, every single penny, every single, I don't know, can you do half a penny? I don't know. Anything that comes in the offering today is leaving here and going into an amazing organization called the Timothy Initiative. They are incredible. Give it up for the Timothy Initiative. Come on. Yeah. If you don't know, it's an amazing sober living facility started by my dear friend George Wood, and he's here today. So I'm going to invite him up just to share a little bit about Timothy Initiative. Would you give it up for Pastor George right here? Come on. About twice as loud as that. A little louder. There you go. Yeah. Um, hey, everybody. So, ironically, or whatever, today is my 15th year sober. Today. Coincidence. That's, a, you know, a, a divine coincidence that it's this day. And so, you know, really the story has to, we have to go back 18 years. And 18 years ago, I had just um, suffered a nervous breakdown and uh, lost everything. Um, lost my family, lost my wife, my child, my friends, my dignity, and ultimately my mind. I became addicted to hardcore drugs, you know, heroin, alcohol. Um, I was completely out there and lost all hope. It was after my sixth suicide attempt, I was leaving the psychiatric ward here in Tampa, and I was walking down the street, and I actually had nowhere to go. I'd already been in and out of rehabs and detoxes. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, as I'm walking down the street, I, you know, I wasn't a believer. I just knew there was a God. So I said, God, either kill me or, or do something different because there's no way that you're doing this for your own enjoyment. You, you got other things to do than laugh at me doing this over and over. And I walked a few more feet and my phone rang. And as I answered, it was a friend of mine that I'd met a year ago in a different detox. And he's like, I had a prompting from the Lord to call you to see if you were okay. <laughs> this is legit, my story. And he, I go, no. I'm, you know, explain my situation. He's like, well, then I guess I'm supposed to come and get you. And he did. And 
you know, on a side note, a funny note, he was actually driving an emergency van at the time for like wheelchair people, and he pulled up in that. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't say I was that bad. But anyways, he, you know, he, he took, but he, he took me to this old man who ended up being my spiritual father, who led me to the Lord, led me to Jesus, showed me grace, showed me salvation, showed me love, and, and just really transformed who I was as a person and gave me a new sense of hope. And, and it was then that I said, you know what? I have this new life. What am I going to do with it? And I knew everything that I'd seen in other recovery programs that didn't work for me. And I remembered how hard it was for me to get into them and to get into the, the juggling act of saying the right thing to the right person at the right time was just something that I had to make a difference in. And I knew, you know, from time and time again, sitting with a homeless person that was trying to get into a place who couldn't read or write. And I'm like, this is a freaking joke. There's no way they can get in. It's no way. And so I'm like, I, I want to do something different. And so I had this idea to start something that, that wasn't necessarily a program. It definitely wasn't that. I knew because I'd lost everything, family, friends, and and had no one, I wanted to start a community of broken men that I could go through life with. I figured, you know what? I don't have anybody. I might as well start a community of people that don't have anybody. And, and you know, all of that was amazing, but I didn't do it right away. Maybe fear, whatever. But it took a little while later, my sister and my brother dying from drug overdoses seven months apart that made me say, okay, it's time. I have to do something. And in 2010, the Timothy Initiative was born. And I'm proud to say that over that time, from 2010 to now, I have seen miracle after miracle after miracle where I just thought of this in between services. Right now, 50% of the people in our house right now have died once. I mean, literally died and had to be revived by paddles, by mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, by Narcan. 50% of our men have actually died and crossed over and came back. How amazing is that? I just thought of that, and that's just mind-blowing. But over, these, over the years, we do something different. We actually are very, you know, not top-down. We are very... Egalitarian, as in every guy that comes in is equal. We come in, everybody has a say-so, everybody has a vote, everybody has a voice, and everybody has an opportunity to find hope and find, you know, love and to find Jesus. We don't force Jesus on them. We let them come in and see the love that we, we show for each other because most of the men that are there have been there for at least three years and, and some longer, but all, you know, all of our men usually make it to about 3.5 years sober. All my leaders right now are at seven years clean. I mean, this is amazing. And so the, so the men come in and they can see that, wow, this is a safe environment. Maybe I want to hear about this Jesus. We're open-ended so people don't come in thinking it's a program and they're here for a year and they leave. Absolutely not. If that's what a person wants, we won't even take them. We do something different, and, and that this is important that you know, because a lot of times families and friends call me, and they're like, can you take our, our son or whatever? And it's like, not really. We take the worst of the worst, the ones that have no one, the ones that have been through at least multiple detoxes, multiple rehabs, been banned from rehabs. We have guys that aren't allowed to go in other rehabs because they've been kicked out so many times. 
The guys that have nothing, that's who we take because nobody wants them. And then the people that have family and support and money or whatever, they can, they can come to our Tuesday night gatherings. They can be part of what we do. They can, they can do life with us. But the homes that we have, and we have four that house about 35 men, we, we take the guys that have nothing. They don't have anybody, and now they have us. And it's amazing to just see life after life transformed. That is the miracle that, the most powerful miracle. And I've seen healings. I've seen all kinds of amazing physical healings. But the best miracles I've ever seen are the men that have been dead, that have lost everything and been thrown away by society, family, and friends, and cast away, figuring they're done, come back to life and be resurrected and live out that resurrection. Because that's the miracle that we all want to see. In that miracle, it does one thing, and that is draw us closer to the heart of the Father. And then we can do that for more and more men. So let me just say this. If you give today, and I pray that you do, every dollar goes to the men. We don't have high salaries. We don't make anything. Everybody does what they do because they love Jesus. They love their new life, and they love helping other men. So everything that is given will go to the organization. It won't go to my salary. I barely make anything, and I raise most of my own salary anyways. So I pray that you do, and I pray that you, you, know, you join us on this journey. You can learn more at our timothyinitiative.org or our Facebook page or our Sober Truth Project. There's so much you can learn about us, so I hope that you do. Give it up for George and everything they're doing. Come on. Yeah, Yeah, man. The Timothy Initiative also, uh, they kind of call us their home church, uh, unofficially official. No, yeah. I, I I say that. Okay. No, this part's actually important. About three years ago, I, we, we knew we wanted to make a spiritual change. And a friend of mine, who's a co-friend of ours, said, you got to meet Caleb Hires. He's crazy, just like you. <laughs> so Caleb and I met for coffee in the morning and we just immediately, I think our first meeting was three and a half hours long. We're like, we're going to do something together. The next week I brought them in and they've been calling the resting place their home church ever since. And I want to tell you this, man, it's not just something to say. I've seen more spiritual growth out of the men in the last three years than at any other church that we went to. All glory to God. Amen. 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 Come on. So I don't know if we did this, but really quickly, if it's your first time with the rest of us, would you raise your hand? Just want to say hi to you. Anybody's first time. Hello. Hi. Bless you. Bless you, bro. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you for coming. We love having guests. We love people that visit all this stuff and you're amazing, but I'm not talking to you in the next 30 seconds. I'm going to talk to the family. All right. So if you're new, if you're a guest, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the family now. Got it. Got it. Got to put it in that box because this is going to be on the nose. He said, if I'm saying you will, everybody gives today. This is an apostolic family. I'm the head of this family. That's what God told me to do, to become the head of this family. And I'm not saying if you give, I'm saying every family is given. I don't care if it's a dollar. Everyone participate because it is all going to them. I don't talk like this often. Guests are like, well, this guy's crazy. You know, but I'm, I mean, I mean it. If your heart wasn't provoked just now to put money there, you might be a robot. I don't know. There might not be a heart in there, you know? So if you're here, if you're watching online, you can give. There's three ways to give. You can text to give. Uh, just text any amount to 84321 or trptampa.com, or you can do an envelope over here 
on my left, your right after at the end. Uh, and I'm telling you, 100% of this online, in person, 100% that comes in today at all three of our campuses is going to the Timothy Initiative. All of it. This is how we're celebrating our birthday. We're giving a gift. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. And I want to report next week a huge number. Like beat our biggest offering times three or something nasty, huge, awesome. Yeah. Come on. Just like I want to, I want to hand the check to George and see him fall out. I just want to be he like, you know, and I'll get down there and come back, George. No, seriously, that was a little too close to home. Maybe. Sorry. I wanted to shock him. It's so good. Okay. Amen. Cause it's going to those guys and they're dear to us. They come to the 9am gathering. So grateful for what God's doing there. Amen. So let's pray for that. We're going to pray for the message today, and we're going to jump into it. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the ability to partner with your kingdom. We bless the Timothy Initiative today, not just with finances, but with prayer. We say bless them, Lord, with wisdom and strategy, strategy to expand, to reach even more of the worst of the worst. Lord, I know it's in George's heart that there are more out there. So, Lord, help give him strategy. Thank you for the Sober Truth Project as well, where he's educating the church on what sobriety really is, what addiction really is. So we bless him, Lord. We bless everything he and his wife, Julie, put their hands to. We bless them, Lord Jesus, right now. And we thank you for them advancing your kingdom of love in Tampa Bay. And we'll stand next to them and resource them as they go, joining them on the journey. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen, 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 amen. So you guys, you know, just if you're struggling with this, you can pray about it, give later, I don't know, whatever. But I'm just talking to the family. We're going to bless them. I gave today. I give here. I know that, that bothers people sometimes. Like, it's like, don't make sense. Give somewhere else. I believe in this place, so I give to this place. I just do, you know? Anyway, so let's do it. Today, uh, it is our, you know, we've been saying it all day, but I have to like set this up for you. Um, we're ending our series called Pure Religion, and it's not a very happy birthday message. Uh, it's not really, I don't know. It's going to be a little bit, no, it's going to be a challenge to all of you. I put it on Facebook yesterday. If you're not on my Facebook, I'm sorry you didn't get the warning, but I did warn everyone on Facebook. I said, do not attend the rest of place Tampa tomorrow if you don't wish to be challenged, because this is going to be a challenge. And it, it challenged me. I'm preaching to Caleb today, okay? Say, this is for Caleb. That's me. It's also for you, okay? It's for everybody here. It's for everyone watching online. It's challenging, and it's for you, and it's for me. Okay, so let's jump into it. We've been talking about how there is a pure version of religion. Being religious in the negative sense is when you're legalistic, when you're self-righteous, when you think you're better than people. That is not pure religion. There's actually a description of pure religion in Scripture that we're going to jump into. The last two weeks, we talked about it. There's a difference between religion and legalism, okay? A legalist is more like the devil than he is like Jesus, just so you know. Okay, the devil's a legalist holding the rule book, accusing you for doing all the wrong things and making you feel bad about it. All right, that's many people's church experience, but that's more like hell than it is heaven. I'm just telling you the truth. Okay. All right. This isn't the challenging part yet, so you can be happy. It's okay. That's not supposed to be what it feels like to be in church. Okay. This should be an encouraging, life-giving place, not a discouraging, life-sucking place. Okay. Life should be running you down, blowing you up when you come here. All right. Honor, empowerment, faith should be happening all around you. Okay. 
So we talked about that. And then last week we talked about what it means to take care of widows and orphans, that that is literally anyone in distress. Widows and orphans is a biblical example of anyone in distress that comes from this verse, James 1, 27. All right. And we're going to read that because we're going to talk about the last part of the verse. It says pure and undefiled religion in James 1, 27, pure and undefiled religion before God, the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. We're going to talk about that today. What does it mean to keep oneself unspotted from the world? What meaneth this? You might have heard someone preach on this before. Maybe you've heard a message on that. Maybe you, you think it's just to, you know, not be like those people over there. All right. Like those worldly ones over there. Well, yes and no, because there's a specific word used in this passage. Okay. When it says keep oneself unspotted from the world, the Greek word world is cosmos. All right. And it's not talking about the scars and the stars in the sky, even though there's cosmic powers and it's not talking about those things. Okay. I like where we live. I like the earth. I like the world. You know, we, we live where people vacation. You know what I'm saying? Like we live in paradise, right? I mean, and we're now living where everyone's escaping to the free state of Florida. You know, it's paradise down here. It's awesome. I like it. So keep myself unspotted from the world. Am I just supposed to like, no, you know, not get stains on my pants from the dirt? Is that what that's about? What does that mean? No, it's actually the Greek word for an ordered system, an ordered system, say system. So to keep yourself unstained from the systems of the world, the way the world orders things, that is what this is saying. Keep yourself out of the system, the, the ideology, the way of the world. Let me tell you right now, very simply, bottom line, what is the worldly order? Because order of things, right? The order of things. What is the order of things according to the world? Me first. That's the worldly order. Me first. The, fir the first three people that get attention in the world are me, myself, and I. Yeah? That's the order of the world. The kingdom order is me last. Huh. I lay down my life for others. I serve instead of being served. But the world says the exact opposite. Just get what you can get. Get to the top. Use people. You just take care of yourself. You know? Me first. If you have any level of me first, you are spotted by the world and your religion is not pure. I'm talking to Caleb. Caleb, if you have any selfishness in your life, you are not walking in pure religion. Amen. You're right about that. I'm just talking to me today. This challenged me when I wrote it down. I'm like, oh, goodness. I got convicted. Typing it. Jesus, help me. You know, I'm, this is sort of meant to be funny, but not really. Many people are concerned about, you know, a new world order. And I understand your concerns, but let me help you. There's nothing new about it. It's actually the way the world has been ordered the whole time. She's got different people doing it. Different package, different names, different places, different people with the money. You know what I'm saying? Nothing new about it. It's the old world order. You know, I'm more concerned about the 
worldly order that I see in the bride than I am about the new world order. Okay. You know, people, we get upset when there's injustice. Anybody get upset about that? I get upset, right? I don't like injustice. It's messed up. When I see somebody kicking someone when they're down, it's messed up. I'm that guy. I was, you know, in sixth grade, I was literally 89 pounds. Okay. And I was that guy who I'm not joking. I like I walked into the bathroom one day and I saw a bunch of kids around a stall and they're holding another kid in the stall and the kid's trying to get out and they think it's funny. Worse, worse than that is he was actually in a wheelchair and they're holding him in there in injustice. And I took my 89 pound self and literally ran and torpedoed myself into the face of the guy holding the door closed. I'm not kidding. I just went and like my head hit his face. I didn't know what else to do. I got you know, I'm, I'm thin, so I can shoot, you know. <laughs> Something else rose up, and it was like, this is injustice. And then he picked me up on the thing and then gave me a whooping, all right, straight up. I can still feel in my hip where he threw me against the sink. I'm not joking. It hurt, all right? I don't know what I'm telling you that story, except that I hate injustice, all right? I put myself on the line for it, all right? It's wrong when people in the world treat people badly. How much more wrong is it when people in the church act like the world and use people and are me first people and are selfish? If you have any measure of selfishness in your life, your religion is not pure. I warned you, right? I warned you it was a challenging one. Make sure. This, in the Thayer's Greek lexicon, it says, it's the word cosmos, I said that, but it's actually this, just the description, okay? It's the world, meaning the ungodly multitude, the whole mass of men alienated from God, and therefore hostile to the cause of Christ, to speak in accordance with the world's character and mode of thinking. So you're like, aha, see, all those wicked people over there, those who are hostile to Christ. No, if you have any measure of me first, you are hostile to the cause of Christ. It doesn't advance the kingdom for you to be selfish. Only selflessness advances the kingdom. Did Jesus not prove this? He came and died. He laid down his life. This is our faith. Amen? Don't step into condemnation for one second. I'm not mad at you and neither is God. But you need to hear this. Sometimes God wishes to correct us. Amen? Sometimes God wants to give us a chiropractic adjustment, all right? Line us up, align our bodies, right? So just receive it. Don't go, oh, I'm so bad. Just receive it. Like, thank you, God, for my correction. I was going that way, and I was not helping. I was hurting. And you put me back this way, and you're putting me back on a line. Amen? It's good to receive the correction from the Lord, even on your birthday. Like I said, it's like, God, I have to, you know, I don't choose what I preach. You know that? I don't. I don't get to pick. I ask the Lord what he's saying, and I do my best to say that. That's my whole process right there. Jesus said it this way, John 15, 18 through 21. He explained, we are not of this world. John 15, 18 through 21. It says, just remember when the unbelieving world hates you, they first hated me. If you were to give your allegiance to the world, they would love and welcome you as one of their own. But because you won't align yourself with the values of this world, they will hate you. 
I have chosen you and taken you out of the world to be mine. So remember what I taught you, that a servant isn't superior to his master. And since they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they obey my teachings, they will also obey yours. They will treat you this way because you are mine and they don't know the one who sent me. So even though the righteousness of God is actually attractive to sinners, Jesus always had a crowd. He's the desire of the nations. Haggai chapter two, verse seven. Even though righteousness in its true form actually pulls people in, it's attractive to individual sinners, okay? It is true that our system of the kingdom is at odds with the whole system of the world. Are you following me? Everyone wants righteousness, peace, and joy. I can't find a single person who says, I just want to do the wrong thing. You know? I just want to do the right thing, right? Yeah? You know? You, before you came into Jesus, you still weren't like, I just love to do the bad stuff. I love hurting people. No? Anybody was like that? Prove me wrong. You know, we want, the, the people of the earth actually have an origin in God, and then they fell, and so we're trying to get back to our origin. The problem is the church and the world teaches you that it's dependent upon you to get back to the origin. It's dependent upon what you do. No, it's not dependent upon what you do. It's dependent upon what Christ has done and whether you believe it or not. His entire message was this. I'm bringing another kingdom and the world is not going to like it because they'll lose all their power, all their control, their ability to manipulate, their ability to oppress. They're going to lose their grip on the people of the earth. And I'm going to bring a kingdom that's going to set them all free. So they're going to hate it. 1 John 5, 19 says, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. The whole world. Now, again, remember the word world there, cosmos, same word, means ordered system. The whole ordered system is ordered by the evil one. It's all in his hands. The me first thing is the influence of the devil in your life. You're like, it's not a big deal. I'm not hurting anyone. You are hostile to the cause of Christ can't choose and pick which part of the definition you want. You just got to read your Bible and just take it. <laughs> John 18, 36, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews when they were trying to crucify him. But my kingdom is not from this world. We're bringing a kingdom from an entirely different realm, something not of this world. You should be walking in truth in such a way that people go, oh, you're not from around here, are you? You're not from around here. No. Honestly, truth is the most divisive thing that exists. It divides. It says this is right. That is wrong. Cut. Divisive. And because it's so divisive, it needs to be spoken in love. Because truth is divisive, it must be spoken in love. Uh, Romans 12, 9 says, love must be sincere. Say sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. So we're not those people that are anti this, anti that only. We are clinging to what is good. You can't have one without the other. A lot of us are like against everything. It's like we're known for what we're against. So what are you for? You can't be just against stuff. And listen, where the church leaves a vacuum, the people of the earth that don't know God try to step into place. You're mad at that one organization with however many letters that's popping up in your head right now? Yeah, well, at least they're doing something while you're sitting there selfish, not sharing what God gave you. You want to be mad? Show them a better way. You're going to be mad at the world for acting like the world? You know what breaks God's heart? For the church acting like the world. 
coming in here, having a holy huddle, celebrating and just being. I'm not mad at celebration. I like it. I wanted a happy message today. But when people are dying and we're overeating, when men are strung out on drugs and we're more concerned about our coffee budget, we're me first. We're spotted. We're stained by the world system. We didn't learn that in the kingdom. You didn't learn that from your Abba father. You learned that from the world. We need to leave it in the room. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. That means it cuts, y'all. So if you feel cut, good. I came to cut you. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So if we are walking in the truth, we will be separated from the world, no doubt. But not in the self-righteous, legalistic way the church has gone about it. You know how you're separated from the world? When you love, when they tell you to hate. If you love, when they tell you to hate, you're separating yourself. We will be divisive because we love when we're told to hate. I'll be divisive like that all day long. I'm told to hate that person for their political affiliation. And instead, I bless them, pray for them. And truly from my heart, love them. I'm told to hate this person because they will or will not get a vaccine. Oh, yeah. I'm. So you don't, you're like, he's, he did not just do that. Yeah, I did that. I watch your Facebook feeds, all of you. I watch them. It's a great tool for a church leader. It's great. I'm like, oh, okay. As one believes in his heart, Facebook speaks. That's how it works. I'm, you're told to hate people all the time. You're told to just put them down, put yourself first all day long. You might not even recognize it. That Greek lexicon goes on. It says, this word means worldly affairs, the aggregate of things earthly, the whole circle of earthly goods, endowments, riches, advantages, pleasures, which although hollow and frail and fleeting, stir desires, seduce from God and are obstacles to the cause of Christ. It means to be earthly or of earthly origin and nature. To be of earthly origin and nature. But here's the great news. The happy part is that once you say yes to Jesus, you are no longer of earthly origin. You're not from the earth anymore. He went into the earth and resurrected so that we could be born from above. He went below so you and I could be born from on high. We are being, when we are born again, we are called to walk in a newness of life. Meaning, we don't think me first. And, you know, you might be there today. You might be like, oh, I am extremely selfish. Well, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because you might have been told that's all you'll ever be. That's just something you'll struggle with. And we're just, we're merely, we're only human, brother. I hate that. I don't know why Hulk Hogan comes out when I do that, but we're only human. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> oh, we're only human. Stop. First Corinthians 3, 3. Paul said to the church, you are still worldly for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? What's the implication? Stop acting so unlike yourself. 
You're not born from the earth. You're born from above. But if you believe that you're earthly, you believe you're carnal, guess what? You'll sin by faith. If you believe you're from the earth, you'll act like it. But as a man believes in his heart, so is he. You believe you're from above, which is the truth. Guess what? You'll act like it. It's actually just fruit of believing right. A lot of people, I put on Facebook, what's your number one hindrance? A lot of people, I said, what's your one and I'm here? Number one hindrance to spiritual growth. A lot of people said themselves. That's a complete lack of revelation. You're dead. In Christ, you're dead. You aren't the problem. You're born from above. The problem is you don't believe you're dead and are born from above. The problem is your beliefs about you, not actually you. You start believing that it's natural to love. It's natural to be selfless. Guess what's going to happen? Fruit happens. We need the bumper sticker. Three years in, I've been saying it like once a month for three years. We need the bumper sticker. Hashtag fruit happens. TRPTampa.com. We need it. Somebody do this. Get on it. Someone. Do it. Listen to this. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is talking to believers. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why you are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. The truth is, that's who you really are, and you're acting so unlike yourself when you're spotted by the world system. To keep yourself unspotted from the world is to reject the world system of values. What's most valuable? You, not me. That's the kingdom. Think of others as more highly than yourself. Philippians 2, 3. Consider others better than yourself. You are command. Did you know you're commanded to consider everyone else better than you? Listen, that doesn't mean you don't know you're awesome. I'm awesome. I'm great. I'm seated with Christ. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a son of the living God. Absolutely. I'm endowed with the whole fullness of the Godhead right now, according to Christ. I have the same power to raise Christ from the dead. I know these scriptures. I know my authority. I know my identity. We have a school. It's called the Jesus Lab. You should sign up by the 27th. Okay, we talk about these things, but just because you know how awesome you are doesn't mean you think you're the most awesome one in the room. It's both and. I know I'm awesome and you're more awesome. That's the command of the kingdom. I know I'm amazing and you're, you must be really amazing because I know how amazing I am. You, oh my gosh. I can't even imagine how awesome you are. You're commanded to think that way instead of, oh, I bet they sinned this week. Look at them. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing way better than that guy over there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. At least I'm not like that girl. Oh, my God. That's not pure religion. That's perverted religion. It's not us or them opposing people. It's us for them. It's not me first. It's I serve first. It's not get everything I can get. It's multiply what I have so I can give more than I ever thought possible. It's not stack the deck in my favor. It's use the favor of God on my life to bless those around me. It's not use others so I'm satisfied. It's give up everything to see the lost found. And it's not shout the loudest and the longest. It's stand firm in the truth while you overflow with compassion for the deceived. That's pure 
religion. That's pure religion. So would you stand? We're going to have our prayer team come up. Miriam, can you come up and play a little bit? We might not sing, but just going to have you play because it's anointed. Isn't Miriam awesome? Oh, my gosh. So thankful for you. Here's the deal. Yeah, let's pull down the lights. I need you just to do some business with the Lord real quick. I need every believer in this room to check your heart right now. Ask the Lord. Search my heart, oh Lord. Search my heart. See if there's any way in me. Any selfishness in me. Come on, ask the Lord. Is there anything in there that's me first? Is there any part of my life where I am stained by the world's way of thinking? And as things come up to your mind, because if you're being honest, they will. (laughs) Give it to God and say, Lord, I I don't want that. Take that out. Cut it out. Do whatever you got to do. I give it to you. But you may be here and feel like God is your enemy because the Bible says what you've been doing is wrong. But you couldn't be any more wrong about that. God is not your enemy. God is love. His ways are not meant to make you feel wrong. They are meant to set your life right. I said it earlier. I can't find anyone who says I just want to do the wrong thing. Everyone says they want to be a good person. And God knows that's impossible without his help. God knows that if we're left to ourselves, we'll just devour each other and end up alone. Today, I want every person to hear me clearly. God wants you to live and not die. God wants you to have life and life abundantly. He wants to give you his righteousness, peace, and joy. He proved it by coming to the earth as a man, dying on a cross for our sin in our place and raising from the dead on the third day. His name is Jesus Christ. And he has made a way for you to come out of your emptiness and into his fullness. Why would you refuse the very life of God? When it's simply to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. What kind of foolishness rejects life and life abundantly? Do not reject the mercy of God today. He's always loved you. Even though what you have done was wrong, Jesus proved that God so loved the world. you're living in the world system of me first and you need to be renewed or you've never believed in Jesus today is your day it's today so I want everybody to close your eyes is it possible to get the camera really tight on me I don't want anyone live stream to see it either everyone close your eyes camera tight so that we get the room out of it if you're here and you're like any one of those it doesn't matter either one You've never said yes. You've never given your life to Jesus. Or you're, you're stained by the world system. You have me first going on. And you're not, you're not too proud to admit it. And you want God to do something in your heart. Just lift one hand in the air right now. No one's looking around. Camera's on me. Amen. I see you. I see you. I see you. Amen. Anyone else just want to say, I've got selfishness and it's got to go. Anybody else? I see you, buddy. I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Lord Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. 
deliver and save. Do what only you can do. Rescue those who do not know you right now, Lord, by your spirit. And let those who do know you come out of the world's system of thinking through revelation of your kindness and goodness and mercy. For everyone who raised their hand and everyone who knows they should have, Holy Spirit, come right now. Rend our hearts. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Let us become love this morning. For everyone watching online, let us become love this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have any pain in your body, if you don't even believe God is real, if you want to see a miracle, if you need financial agreement, if you need anything from the Lord, that's what this prayer team down here is for. They have faith for everyone, for everyone and everything. They will stand with you in agreement. They will pray with you. They will bless you. If you raise your hand because you don't know Jesus and you want to give your life to him and you feel like you need to talk to someone, here, here they are. You can come down. We're going to leave now in just a minute. And we're going to go out thankful in our hearts that God has done something so amazing to take us out of that me first system <laughs> and into his kingdom of light where it's right. Everything's right. There's peace, nothing missing. There's joy overflowing. Aren't you thankful? Come on, if you're thankful, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Here's what we're going to do, just like this, because I don't want you, some people need to deal with stuff with the Lord. That's great. Miriam's going to keep playing for just a minute. We're going to pull up the lights, and we're going we're gonna to say, see you next week. And we bless you. If you have kids and TRP kids, please go get them. If you want to learn more about our church, first door on the right, fresh start. It's like 25 minutes long. You get to know us a little more. Other than that, come to the altar, get prayer. Don't forget to give to the Timothy Initiative, and we'll see you next week. Bless you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out theRestingPlaceTampa.com.